Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Throughout my 36 years working in the hair and beauty industry, there is one challenge so large that it's still affecting salon owners today. Now, can you guess what it is? I'm sure you have probably guessed it already. It's an issue so prominent and internationally widespread and something that I help salon owners with almost daily. And that challenge is finding staff. Now, in this industry, if you really think about it, we actually sell time by the hour, with our humans, our team. And those humans need to be experts. But what are we meant to do if we feel like no one is even interested in joining our team, right? But luckily there actually is something you can do about it. Many things, in fact. Something big that will change your whole approach to the recruitment process. Now in this episode, my guest is Seller Mastery Coach Eloise. Her and I chat about what that thing is, plus an abundance of other advice around finding, hiring new team members. So be sure to tune in. You will not want to miss this one. Eloise, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. I am so excited to be here. Thank you, friend. (laughs) So uh, I know a lot of people don't know you. So let's start with, well, who are you? Um, What did you do? What have you been doing? And what do you do now? Take us into your world. Okay, so I've been in the cosmetic and beauty industry for over 20 years. So I've spent my whole career in this space um, doing varying roles. So I started out working in cosmetics, so working with corporate brands like Estee Lauder and Clinique. And then I moved over into beauty therapy and went off to beauty school, became a beauty therapist, managed salons, and then shifted into salon ownership and then um, ran a successful salon. And then before I knew it, I'm in this space. So I've been coaching now for a few years with you at Salon Owners Collective. And it is just the most rewarding and wonderful um, experience I have ever had in my career. Really super lucky. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Me too, I think. And I think uh, for the salon owners that we work with, you bring such a high level of energy, enthusiasm, and a wealth of knowledge and and a different perspective than I have. And so I think, uh, we make a good team. Yeah, thank you. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to talk about uh, one of the topics that you and I discuss often. It's a challenge that comes up in salon owners' worlds on a regular basis. And so I thought it was the perfect time to uh, dig into some of these thoughts and have a really sort of honest conversation about what's happening uh, in our industry when it comes to finding team members. There is a skills shortage. Um, people are on, constantly challenged with or even complaining about where are all the good people? Where are the people? I'm advertising. There is no, nobody applies and I'm, I feel like I'm constantly looking for people. So I thought we've got to talk about this um, and let's investigate the why uh, and what we can actually do about it. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. Absolutely. The industry, every salon across the world, I would challenge is screaming out for 
a way to solve this massive issue. It's just huge. It's actually um, been doing research for this podcast. I went and had a look at how long has the industry been sort of sitting in this space of wondering where the heck is everybody? Where is everybody? Why don't they want to be a hairdresser? Why don't they want to be a beauty therapist? And on um, the Australian government work pages, small business and jobs pages website, it actually talks about that the industry has been in a skill shortage for 20 years. So it's quite incredible, really. My entire career in the industry um, has been in this space, operating in this space of too many jobs, not enough people. They actually say that um, for every four jobs, every four vacancies in the hair industry, and I think it's hair and beauty actually, um, three go unfilled. So it's a huge problem. And um, like all problems, it really gives us an opportunity to be super innovative to solve it. And unfortunately, as a as an industry and as individual salon owners, we haven't been able to pivot and um, really see this opportunity for what it is as a chance to be innovative and creative and solve it. We've, we've been remaining in this space. There are pockets of the industry that have done very well. There are pockets of salons that are filled with um, team members and that are doing very well. So it's absolutely possible. People still need jobs. People are still wanting to be creative and you know they're still attracted to the industry. But how we captivate these people to come in to apply for positions, how we manage to captivate them in a way that they fall in love with the industry, stay with the industry, and we don't burn and churn them because our salon is operating in a stressed space of understaffed is, is where the opportunity lies. And um, we really have to look at innovative ways to solve this you know, wonderful um, problem in a way because it's going to propel us so far um, in our industry and in our individual salons. I think so. And I think um, you're, what you've really captured there is that uh, we recognise there's a problem, but we're not really being proactive about it. Um, let's talk a little bit about that, because I think there's a mindset that um, it's almost like surprise when somebody leaves and we suddenly need to fill a job. It's like, oh, uh, bugger, I need to find somebody. Let's start the process of looking. Um, I know, right? And it's crazy to even think about that, knowing now what we know that we've been in this space for 20 years, we know that people are coming in and people are exiting our businesses all the time. However, we very rarely take a proactive approach to recruitment. It's always the reactive approach. So someone falls pregnant, I better find someone. Um, someone looks like they're leaving or they're underperforming. Oh, I better, yeah, I should get onto that. I better find someone. And it's such an interesting thing because if your supplier stopped delivering color or stopped delivering stock to put on your shelf, if you're, uh, if you're in a beauty salon and you couldn't get your hands on wax, you know, your supplier stopped um, delivering wax or, you know, eye creams or what, or, you would stop what you were doing. Nothing would be more important to you than stopping what you're doing and finding those products to put on your shelf or finding that color to fill your color bar. However, when it comes to our workforce and our people that apply the color, that apply the wax, that sell the products, we never seem to be able to realize that we need to stop what we're doing and dive into recruitment and make that we order stock monthly, weekly, however, but we never order people, we never train the people. It's so interesting, right? When people go to um, tell you that they're opening a salon, they never come to me as a coach and say, no, I've got my recruitment 
worked out you know this is how I'm going to train my people this is how I'm going to pay for training in my salon this is how I'm going to pay for the recruitment process and xyz and all the things they don't even really know all the things that are involved in being able to create a platform that welcomes people in trains them sustains them and then um, levels them up to success and it's such an interesting opportunity that's just completely overlooked and it's um, stifling us stifling our industry so yes if we couldn't get color we would make sure we do and if we couldn't get wax we'd make sure we do but for some reason we never make sure that we need we get the people we never sort of pivot into that proactive um phase or you know opportunity hey hey it's me here larissa here just popping in to talk to you about something interesting don't worry though we'll get back to the episode in just a sec but for now i want to ask do you feel like 2020 has been a super rocky road like lots of unexpected potholes in the journey of salon business well maybe you felt deflated, overwhelmed, and that the stress is starting to seep into every aspect of your life. Well, I want to give you a fresh start in 2021, a chance to rewrite your own ending, take matters into your own hands, and actually be the one who decides to go for it and take a leap and make a change in your life and your business. Now, if this sounds like you, let's chat. I'd love to help you level up your business in 2021 and bring a new chapter a chapter of success. So if you want to find out more, then just DM me, PM me, let's chat. And you can tell me a little bit about your salon, your team, your goals. Let's see if we are a good fit to work together. Let's make a plan for you. All right, let's get back to the episode. So if we were proactive about this, we would be open to open and actively recruiting 12 months of the year. Absolutely, right? totally. This is this is not a once and done. This is not a as needed. This is an always. Like our primary commodity is the hours that we can sell of the humans that we employ. So That's if right. we run out of humans, we run out of hours. We run out of the ability to serve clients. So we must prioritize recruitment proactively, twelve months of the year. Totally making that connection that all we really sell in our salons is time with an expert. So time with a skin expert, time with a hair expert, that's all we're really selling. And then the product is the cream, right? So if we don't have the expert to sell the time, then we have nothing. And so that's creating right. the expert, you know, cultivating the people to sell the time is, you know, our, our biggest opportunity. It's our biggest uh, vulnerability in our business. And so For we sure. need to guard that and um, be better than our competition at creating the people and keeping the people so that we can far um, accelerate our success in our business. You know, if you look at big business or big corporations, not even huge corporations, but big retailers um, like Target or Maya, David Jones, came up, all of these big places fully understand that their workforce is, um, is always going to be migrating. So they're always going to be um, transient. They're going to be coming in and they're going to be going out. And so most of these big places, we can take a leaf out of their book and cut it down to fit our own businesses. Um, they, they have um, cyclical um, recruitment. So every 12 or 14 weeks, they will bring in a new team of people knowing that a percentage of them will succeed, a percentage of them will stay a short amount of time. We've talked about this before in coaching, you know, the, the journey of um, a stylist or a therapist in your business, you know, it'll be a few months, two years, six to 10 years, you know, and, you know, the percentage for this 
you know, will be bigger for this short-term employee, then, you know, a lot will sit in this sort of two-year to three-year bubble. And then, you know, those rare diamonds will stick around for a decade and get long service leave. And to pay someone long service leave in our industry is unheard of. You know, it's just a wonderful, wonderful privilege, you know. And so these big businesses have this wonderful setup for themselves because they're never understaffed. You know, Kmart always has people on the checkout. And it's not because more people are attracted to working there or working in David Jones than they are attracted to coming into a salon and having a wonderful career. It's just their recruitment process is constant, it's disciplined, and um, it's set up to um, guarantee them success. And we have the same opportunity to do that in our business. So working out your costings, because with doing that brings other um, costs and other problems to solve, um, fair be it for the business. And so solving all of those things so that you can provide this opportunity for your business um, is just something that we have to do and get comfortable with. I'd really like to dig into that a little bit more and, you know, what it's going to take to do that. But before we do that, um, I want to just dig into a little bit more. Um, you know, we've talked really about being super proactive and creating a plan for what we know is uh eventual this is going to happen it's going to be inevitable let's create a proactive plan um, but I think there's also an opportunity to maybe pivot our approach or look at how we uh, how we go about that or what's happening in the industry because unless we do that each individually and come together as a collective we're not going to change the challenges of the industry so talk to me a little bit about um, connecting with the wider workforce and um, the opportunities that we have to attract different types of people into the industry. Yes, so that is a really, really interesting and huge important question. So we're all looking for, salon owners are all looking for that superstar um, person that comes into their salon and ticks every box. You know, they're dying to be a hairstylist. They've only ever wanted to be a beauty therapist. They... Um, they're just this um, mirage of a person that doesn't really exist as often as we would like them to. However, if you create a workforce, so I think the first step in attracting anyone into your business is looking within. So creating a mindful workplace that creates opportunities for people to be happy and thriving in the workforce um, is step one. So looking within the culture of your salon and seeing the opportunities that you have there to build a culture that is welcoming and ready and organized to train new people, uh, train the people, sustain and train the people that we already have within our business so that everyone is thriving as individuals and everyone is really connected to their why, why they're in the business and what opportunities the business can provide for them. So not every single person coming into our salon or being on our team actually has to be incredibly passionate about the industry. They have to be passionate about their job and the opportunities that their job can provide them, but they don't actually have to want to be, um, you know, a, an incredible, well-known um, famous beauty therapist in the industry, you know, influencing other therapists and, and, this, and, and a hairstylist. They can be a really solid, wonderful employee that delivers um, a high standard of work and have these wonderful other things going on in their lives that the 
the salon that the job is a vehicle to providing for them. So connecting your team to their why they come to work and showing them what opportunities this job can provide them financially to then turn other dreams and other um, wants in their lives into reality is a really, really underused opportunity. So big corporations are quite aware of what creating a mindful workplace can do commercially for the business and smaller businesses, small business is really missing out on this opportunity. And it's something that um, it's time that we connect into, you know, millennials are turning up for work, wanting to be respected, wanting to be honored, wanting to um, be treated the way they've been treated in their home where everything is possible and you can have the world. And then they turn up to salon life and salon life is still quite um, hierarchical. You know, you start with the broom in your hand and most of them have grown up with a housekeeper. So there's this massive gap between what home has set them up for in life and what our salon um, requires from them. So um, connecting, we still need them to do those jobs. I'm not suggesting that we don't get them to do the things that the business needs to do, but we can do it in a more mindful and a more modern um, adaptive culture that provides a more holistic approach to the workplace and um, having people understand that the money that can be earned in the salon is a vehicle to um, other wonderful things that you can have in your life. So if you have every single team member as an individual connected to their individual why, you might think, oh, does that create friction because everyone's working on their own goal? And it absolutely doesn't. When every single person in your team is fulfilled, they're satisfied, they're succeeding, and they're kicking goals in their personal lives, they actually show up more able to be um, a better team member. And they want more, when their cup is full, they're happy, they can fill other people's cups, but they can't draw from an empty well. So filling the cup in the well of the people that we've got is step one. Um, you hear all the time salon owners will say, and I've said it myself many times, um, they're just not financially motivated. Throwing money at them is not going to help. And I really, now that I've spent so many years in this coaching space, I actually really challenge that idea. I think everyone is really financially motivated because they don't turn up for free. No one is knocking down our door to come and work for us for free. And so they absolutely, money is what drives them through the door every day. But then showing them what income is available to them through commissions and bonuses in the salon and asking them to think about and resonate in their own life what that money could be, so their why, does very quickly make them financially motivated in, in a different way, in a more mindful, spirited connected way and then that actually really drives that intrinsic motivation and so you get this new level of success and this new level of awareness in your team which is just profound and the results on the culture and the group are really incredible because everyone is winning everyone is kicking goals and everyone wants to be on a winning team and so that attracts more of this sort of person you know everyone wants a piece of that don't they so you attract more people into your business that want to be a part of that yeah and I think it actually uh, when we take ownership as business owners to create the culture drive the culture it takes the pressure off the recruitment to find the people that already have the drive, have the culture themselves, and we want, we're want we looking for this A-grade human that is going to come into our business. Actually, we can afford to take people that are less developed or less evolved and, you know, forgive the crudeness, a B-level employee at the time that they come because 
you have a game plan and a strategy to develop great B players into A grade players. Do you know, we're not looking, this is why half the time uh, it's hard to find great people because we're only looking for the A level player and the, and the number of those people in the marketplace is small. But there are totally. lots of B grade people who have had B, what we might call B level experiences in their life to date but are just dying to be in an environment that you just described, that it's going to take them somewhere, that's going to see them for who they are and what they want and even give them ideas or vision of what's possible that they haven't had before. Um, yes. And so I think that opens up, it op yeah, it opens up the whole marketplace, right, to, to some different people. Before we got on the, uh, on the call, you made a really interesting point to me about uh, the fact that we employ primarily women and maybe that we should be thinking about something else. Do you want to talk about that? Because I thought it was a really good point. Yes, so it's so interesting. 85% of our workforce are women. And most of the um, advertising material when you go out and you go through the internet and look is looking to recruit women. Um, and so we're actually missing this wonderful opportunity. 50% of the workforce are men. So we're missing this wonderful opportunity to bring more men into the industry. It's never been a better time for men to enter a female dominated workplace. We have more male nurses. We have more crossover in, in all industries, women crossing over into um, male dominated workplaces. And so I think that we're missing this opportunity as well to bring men into our workplace, um, young men into our workplace and train them and show them the wonderful opportunities. There are so many creative, um, you know, wonderful young men out there looking for creative outlets and looking for creative jobs. And this is what a better place for them. And so um, that's definitely an, an untapped resource, I think. And then we also, when we look at 85% of our workforce uh, women, it's such a shame to realize that we haven't managed to set up our industry that actually um, creates a workplace that's um, super friendly for women. So we're, we're all going off, the majority of us, of us that choose to, to have children. We have to split our time between being mothers and being employees and being business owners. And um, the more people that we recruit into our industry, so the, the quicker and the more innovative we are creating a solution to this um, workplace workforce shortage, the student will be able to provide at the same time wonderful and more opportunities, creative opportunities for women in the workplace so that we don't need one person doing all the hours. With more people um, in the industry and a more diverse workforce, we'll be able to be more creative and pivot and um, more hospitable to our workplace. So it's only going to be, you know, multi-beneficial. It's just going to keep stacking up and stacking up all the benefits if we stop what we're doing the way we're doing it and um, realize that it's going to take time money and effort and budget this into our businesses the best way that we can so that we can solve this problem it's really it comes down to the biggest thing the biggest hurdle you'll hear the biggest pushback you'll hear from salon owners is I can't afford that I can't afford that how do you do that and it's a massive great question right I mean it's a huge hurdle mental hurdle for business owners to um get over and they they will be burnt in the past you know I brought someone in I trained her for two weeks she didn't work out she's gone I don't want that to happen to me again I think really um realizing that the amount of people that it's going to take to come into your salon for one or two of them to become long-term employees is much greater than we realize so 
there's a big disconnect between the effort that is going to be required and the hours and the manpower and the finances that's going to be required to bring the people in, to train the people and try them in that business. And then, um, and then the actual result at the end of it. So it, it is going to require so much more time, so much more money and um, so much more resources than we've ever considered, than we've realized as business owners. owners. However, the results and the rewards, the benefits that you're gonna reap from that are far going to outweigh the time and the effort. And the sooner you make that connection between, it's, it is part of my business, it's part of the landscape, it's what I have to do, and you set those systems and processes up for yourself, the quicker it will become automatic, you won't feel the pain of it, you know, you'll go through the growing pains of setting it all up and perfecting it, finessing it. And then it won't feel so painful anymore if you stay disciplined and you keep at it. It's like anything you do in life, you know, when you first start exercising, it really, really hurts. And then when you keep it up, it doesn't hurt anymore. But then if you stop and then you pick it back up again, yes, it starts to hurt again. So, you know, setting yourself up for this wonderful recruitment process setting yourself up for being able to pay to train the people and setting yourself up with realistic expectations of it takes a lot of people to create one person in my business and making that connection of that's just part of it and um, getting some resilience around that um, is part of making yourself stronger and more um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have um, a stamina for it. So you build up a stamina for it and it's not so hard anymore. It's just part of the landscape. So all the hours you spent setting up your business, researching what color you're going to um, put in the color bar and you know what hair dryers or what products, what services, I want you to think about all the hours you spent. Imagine even when like a someone moves sites, the amount of hours that's spent choosing the color for the walls and all these beautiful, wonderful details that we pour so lovingly into our businesses. We have to realize for every hour that we do for that, we probably have to then double that and put it on the people because they're the most important element. And then once you've done that, made that mental connection, you can develop the stamina for it so it ain't so hard after all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to touch on a couple of really key important uh, points that you made um, because I think you've, you know, you've nailed this really. Um, first of all, uh, we need to make allowances in our financial business model to allow for recruitment, not on a piece-by-piece -piece basis, but as a normal ongoing part of the business. And in more tactical terms, um, it's not just employing somebody when and if, but having a year round recruitment process. So when there's opportunity to move up this, this sort of ongoing uh, sustainable uh, model of, of human development, right? Yes, um, yeah, that's right. And I think the, the, the roadblock to doing that is that we don't allow for this in our business model. Like we're all worried about underpaying our people um, or, or being stretched to, to pay our people yet, we have to be mindful of the amount that we portion to individual performing employees so there is enough left over for the gap. 
the things in between, the recruitment process, the time that it takes, the two or three people we employ to get one rock star. Um, uh, and that's just part of the landscape. So we must have a solid financial model that incorporates this. It's not just about what we pay each person from on a weekly basis. They make $1,000, we pay $350 or whatever that it is. We have to think bigger than that. We have to think longer term than that. So that's that's one thing that I think was really pivotal about what, about what you're saying here. The other thing is it makes me think we need to create time as a business owner to allow for this stuff. Like if we are 40 hours behind the chair, if we are 30 hours even behind the chair or serving clients, bums on beds, behind closed doors, how the heck do we uh, run our business? Why do we come against this roadblock all the time? Because we haven't allowed the space for us to do what it takes to actually grow the business. We're too busy serving clients being the business. Um, and so, you know, if anything, you've sort of opened up this gap of, uh, we need to create the space to step up into our role as the CEO, as the business owner, and not just the operator. Otherwise, how are we going to overcome this problem? We stay on our own problem, complaining that there's not enough people, but yet we haven't stepped into doing anything to change it, right? Absolutely. So I would challenge any salon owner that they probably need to spend at least 20% of their time in um, HR. So with their HR human resources hat on and their training and recruitment. So if you think about how much time you spend ordering your stock, doing stock takes, all of these things seem quite easy for salon owners to stop. They'll stay back at night and do their stock take. They'll, they'll stay back at night and make sure that the product gets ordered. Um, they'll never make, they'll always make sure, and I've already kind of made this point, they'll always make sure that they don't run out of the physical products, but they never make sure that they don't run out of the people. Mm -hmm. And so I think absolutely knowing straight up that it's going to take at least 20% of your time in recruiting, training, and then how much that is going to cost your business. So having a full awareness, and that will be different for everyone, and incorporating that either in your wage bill percentage or finding a unique um, solution in your business or where can I save money? Where am I spending money that it doesn't need to be spent? And where can I pull those dollars from and then invest them in a smarter, you know, um, way that's going to move the needle in my business? And um, the answer is there. Salons are doing it. There are pockets of salons that are doing it in our industry. There are salons that I coach that are doing it. Um, so it's definitely doable. Every single problem is, like I said before, is an opportunity for innovation. There's a solution to everything. Um, but just sitting back and having a high level view on where you're spending your time as an owner and where can it best be spent um, to create the opportunities and the results that you need in your business is absolutely step one. And I, I yeah. really think a good place to start with that is about 20% of your time. So a day a week um, on training, recruiting, um, and you might, you might Perform after performance a while. development. Yep, exactly. Yeah, one-on-ones, you know, all of that's part of it, isn't it? Team meetings. It's all, it's all part of, yeah, um, the whole um, gauntlet of um, taking care of the people, cultivating the people, growing, nurturing, yeah, yeah making your people. business. Your business is the people. Like that's what you sell, people's time. Yeah. So people's time. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have been a business owner uh, and know what it's like. What is uh, 
what is a quote or a mantra or something that you've really held on to that has driven you over the years to succeed more, do better? Um, what mm. comes to mind? Yes, I think something that always comes to mind when I'm facing a challenge in, in my business, in my personal life, um, coaching, anything, but particularly when I was owning my salon, um, was Tony Robbins says it really well, and I'm, I might be misquoting him, but I'll definitely give you the gist of it. Um, <laughs> so he's probably thinking, oh, rolling his eyes if you can hear me, but she can't. But anyway, <laughs> I flatter myself. You never know. I he might be myself. listening. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, um, he says it takes extraordinary, an extraordinary amount of effort to uh, achieve a good result. So really connecting with the effort in is not going to be a direct correlation to the result that you get. So if you want a good result, and that's what we require, it's going to um, require an extraordinary amount of effort. So getting um, prepared for that, making that connection and getting the stamina for putting in that extraordinary amount of effort so that you can get the good result is probably my mantra that I live by with all things in salon life. And then applying that to the people and recruiting, I think that's a really good, powerful step in the right direction. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love the word extraordinary because it's sort of extraordinary. I think of this often, it's like, uh, I need to just do it one extra step than everybody else. Do you know, totally. if, if we want to get the competitive edge, all it takes is one extra step than anyone else is prepared to go. Uh, yes. And that's a real driver for me. So I love that. Yes. And it doesn't need to be, um, you know, I talk about innovation, but um, you can get an innovative result from very simple things, right? None of this is actually um, outrageously different or incredibly difficult. It's just really about organization, putting focus and being disciplined with it so that we get the result that we're after. So um, the extraordinary effort, yes, it takes time, money, um, thought, discipline, and all of that, that goes into the extraordinary effort, but you have the skills already. You have all the tools as a business owner already. You just need to sit down. And I say just, it's probably a really bad word. We need to sit down and um, make a plan for ourselves, make some space for ourselves so that we can set ourselves up for full success without creating the space to do the things. Not very little can happen. So yeah, creating the space to do the extraordinary, to create the extraordinary, to get the good, all part and parcel of it. But they can do it. We can do it. 100%. Eloise, thank you so much for joining me, sharing your expertise. I actually think we could have kept talking about this again uh, and for longer and dug in really deep. So maybe we'll have you back on the podcast again. Uh, I I appreciate you and I appreciate everything that you do for uh, the salon owners we work with and um, Salon Mastery and, and Momentum. So I appreciate you. I'm so lucky to be here. So I really, um, I appreciate you too and everyone. Thank you. Ciao. Bye. And that's a wrap. Eloise, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with uh, the whole podcast today. I really do appreciate it. And if you need help finding and hiring new team members, then let's chat. DM me, send me a PM, a DM, an email. Find me in the Facebook group. I'm in all of the places. I'm going to leave the link for you to do so in the show notes. But otherwise, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And I'll tune in again with you. Same time, same place next week. Catch you then.
Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.